Whenever we read the Bible, it is vital to let God teach us rather than us attempting to teach him by forcing his word to fit what we think. It's all about humility before our creator and being swift to hear, slow to speak, as James 1 puts it. And the study of Bible prophecy is no different. It's very tempting to force all prophecies into a modern context. But in reality, it's not all about us, and it's not all about our day. And for example, Daniel 7 is a chapter where, if we're willing to allow God to lead us through the centuries of history, then we can begin to understand the portion of the prophecy that does apply to our day. Hello, this is Nick Barnes with the December 21st edition of Bible in the News. In Daniel 7, the prophet was given a night vision. In this dream, Daniel 7 verse 3 tells us, Four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. But these beasts did not arise together. Instead, they appeared one after another. So in Daniel 7 verse 4 we are told, The first was like a lion. And in verse 5, And behold, another beast, a second like to a bear. And in verse 6, After this I beheld, and lo, another like a leopard. And finally in verse 7 we read, After this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast. And we don't have to guess the meaning of this succession of beasts. For in Daniel 7 verse 17 we are told, These great beasts which are four are four kings which shall arise out of the earth. And the interpreter continues in verse 23 that the fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms and shall devour the whole earth and tread it down and break it in pieces. So God is telling us that there would be a succession of four great kingdoms or empires which devour the whole earth. And again, the identity of these powers is not left to speculation. Each can be easily identified by comparing Daniel 7 with Daniel 2 and Daniel 8. The first power is revealed in Daniel 2 verse 38 to be Babylon, and in Daniel 8 verse 20 to 21, the second and third are explicitly named as Medo-Persia and Greece respectively. The fourth power can only be Rome, for it was fourth in the sequence. For Rome overthrew and replaced Greece, as Greece had Medo-Persia, and Medo-Persia had Babylon. But Daniel's interest was particularly gripped by this fourth beast, and he says in verse 19, Then I would know the truth of the fourth beast, and verse 20, Of the ten horns that were in his head, and of the other which came up, and before whom three fell, even of that horn that had eyes, and a mouth that spake very great things. His attention was seized by this beast, which was, according to verse 7, dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly. And Rome was clearly different from the earlier powers. It was the great and terrible empire that lasted more than 500 years, nearly 1,500 years, or in excess of 2,000 years, depending on how you count it. But what of the ten horns? Again, there's no need to speculate. 
because in verse 24 we are told the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise so they arise out of this kingdom out of the roman empire and while we all know that the babylonian empire was overthrown by the medo-persians and the medo-persians by the greeks and also the greeks were subjugated by the romans the roman empire was not toppled in the same way instead rome decayed from within and was taken over from within for when waves of germanic barbarian tribes assaulted the roman empire from without they were pacified by inviting them inside a history of the barbarians by tim newark tells us that laden with imperial gifts many goth chieftains returned to their warriors and urged them to forget their barbaric oaths of destruction instead they should work with the empire and relish a higher standard of living and in fact these barbarians were integrated into the roman armies and tim newark continues at first they were auxiliaries armed and disciplined as legionaries then they fought under the imperial eagle as allied federated forces brandishing their own weapons and led by their own chieftains and this process repeated itself as new germanic tribes followed the same route into rome and its armies but these barbarian troops were loyal firstly to their own barbarian chieftains and so as their numbers increased the power of the warlords eventually eclipsed that of the emperor for a while it was they who appointed and deposed emperors but finally in 476 these germanic kings deposed emperor romulus augustulus and he was never replaced tim newark comments when the last roman emperor of the west was deposed in 476 it was not a sudden cataclysm but an acknowledgement of the established fact that the empire had been broken up into independent estates ruled by germanic warlords and yet though the emperor was gone life continued much as before for while the beast was now ruled by the ten horns the barbarian tribes of europe its territory continued to be distinct for outside the people were still polytheistic pagans worshipping thor and woden the sun and moon and believing in spirits of the forests and mountains but within was christendom where barbarian and roman were bound together by their common so-called christian religion and this explains why when charlemagne arose from among the barbarians he was crowned emperor of the romans and so the western roman empire which had apparently expired toward the end of the fifth century revived and reinvented itself in 800 a.d and this view of history was portrayed in advance in bible prophecy so charlemagne's resurrected western roman empire is symbolized in revelation 17 verse 8 as the beast that was and is not and yet is and as the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit and in revelation 13 verse 3 it is the head that is wounded unto death whose deadly wound is healed 
and this new empire established first by Charlemagne came eventually to be known as the Holy Roman Empire and is symbolised in Revelation 13 verse 11 as the beast that was like a lamb but spake as a dragon. Indeed it was in lamb's clothing presenting itself as holy and Christian and yet behind this facade it retained the dragon nature of the original Roman Empire. And the Roman roots of Charlemagne's empire are demonstrated in various ways. He and his successors used the title Roman Emperor from 800 to 1152 and the title Holy Roman Emperor from 1152 till its demise in 1806. They also used the title Kaiser or Caesar which continued right into the 20th century. And in Daniel 7 verse 8 we read, I considered the horns, and behold there came up among them another little horn, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots, and behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking great things. And this symbol of eyes and a mouth speaking great things is the papacy. These were the words spoken against the Most High, according to verse 25. Blasphemous words, the words of a false religious power, the Church of Rome. And when Charlemagne's empire, the little horn, was forged, the Church became its eyes and mouth, its seeing, its thinking, and its voice. But while this little horn grew out of the Roman beast, it grew up among the barbarian horns. And of course Charlemagne and his people were not Romans, they were Germanic. And his capital was not in Rome, it was in Germany, in the city of Aachen. And this Holy Roman Empire, as it was later called, was the First Reich, the First German Empire. But it wasn't the only German Empire. The Second Reich was that created by Bismarck in 1870, the Reich that later launched and lost the First World War. And the Third Reich was Hitler's German Empire. In territory it was the greatest Reich. It ruled from Norway to North Africa and from Brittany to Beirut and from Leningrad to Stalingrad. But this Reich, this little horn power, which existed except for brief interruptions since the time of Charlemagne, is to arise yet again. This will happen, according to Revelation 17 verse 13, because the ten horns shall give their power and strength unto the beast, because the Europeans, who are the descendants of the barbarian tribes, will willingly give their sovereignty to a German-dominated Europe. And we also know this from Daniel 7, because in verse 21 we are told that this same horn made war with the saints and prevailed against them until the Ancient of Days came. And the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. So this Fourth Reich, this German-dominated Europe, this leftover of the Western Roman Empire will be in existence when Christ and his saints subdue the nations and establish the kingdom of God. And we live in the times where the Euro crisis has hastened 
that transfer of power and strength to the beast, and ironically has raised Germany to a position of power which the European project was created to prevent. And seeing these things, we expectantly await the return of the Lord Jesus to prepare his saints to overthrow this developing monster and to set up that everlasting kingdom of God. Join us again next week, God willing, for Bible in the News.